as Deb said, my segment today is called Protecting Your Family. And they're on the blue handouts at the site here. I'm not sure about the other sites, but the Protecting Your Family. And I'm pretty much gonna follow along the slides so um, you can follow along. Please make notes if you'd like to. Uh, so the objectives I'm going to cover today, uh, you'll be able to define diabetes, um, identify the risk factors for diabetes, uh, describe ways to heighten awareness of diabetes among uh, family members, and state how to assist aging adults with diabetes. So let's start out and define diabetes. Well, what is it? Well, it's a condition in which the body does not properly process food for use as energy. Okay, let's break it down a little bit more. All right, what happens when you eat? Well, when you eat, some of the foods you eat contain carbohydrates. And carbohydrates are broken down into glucose. And glucose is what gives you the energy to do your day-to-day -day activities. So, a person who does not have diabetes or who has a normal blood glucose level, um, they would eat, their foods with carbohydrates are broken down into glucose, and then they have an organ called their pancreas, and their pancreas makes insulin. So the pancreas senses there's glucose there in the bloodstream, it makes insulin, and insulin is kind of like a key. It unlocks the cell so that that glucose can get inside the cell. And this system, it's just nice, nice and imbalanced, nice and even. Uh, you eat foods with carbohydrates, they're broken down into sugar. The pancreas senses this, it makes insulin. Insulin unlocks the cell, the sugar goes inside the cell. It's just nice and even, just like if you have a scale, everything's nice and imbalanced. Now, when diabetes happens, there's an imbalance in the system. So, and that's when you get those high blood glucose levels, or we use the term hyperglycemia. And what happens here, um, there's, like I said, there's an imbalance in the system going on. So you're still eating foods with carbohydrates. They're broken down into glucose. But what happens is your pancreas. Um, it gets tired, it gets lazy. So maybe it doesn't make enough insulin. If there's not enough insulin there, that glucose stays in your bloodstream. It can't be taken up by the cells. Or there's what we call, um, we call it insulin resistance is a medical term we use. And what that means is your body is making insulin, but it's kind of like it's the wrong key for the lock. So if there's insulin there, but it can't unlock the cell, that glucose stays in your bloodstream and you have those higher blood glucose levels. The other thing going on, uh, you have a, an organ called your liver. And your liver releases glucose uh, when you're, um, if you go for long periods of time without eating. So like you go to bed at night and you don't um, eat until morning, or maybe you have breakfast in the morning, you skip your noon meal, you don't eat until the evening. Uh, your liver's gonna kick in to keep your blood glucose levels up. And with diabetes, sometimes we'll see kind of an overactive liver, or sometimes we call it a lousy liver. And that liver is just, it's just making more and more glucose. It doesn't realize there's enough there in your system already. So that can lead to the high blood sugar levels as well. 
All right, so I've defined diabetes, and I just wanted to share a few statistics about diabetes. Um, and this is from the 2014 National Diabetes Statistics Report. And right now, uh, there are 29.1 million Americans, um, or 9.3% of the population, who are diagnosed with diabetes. Uh, the, of, of this number, excuse me, 21 million are diagnosed and 8.1 million are undiagnosed. So this means they're walking around with diabetes and they don't realize that they have it. Now there's also about 86 million people with prediabetes. And what prediabetes is, uh, it's a condition in which your blood sugar levels, they're higher than normal, but they're not quite high enough to be classified as having diabetes. So having prediabetes, like I said, your blood sugars are running a little higher, and if you don't make changes um, in your lifestyle, in your eating habits, um, you can go on to develop diabetes. Now there's, uh, there have been every year about 1.7 million new cases of diabetes diagnosed as well. There are three main types of diabetes uh, that are out there. Um, type one, type two, and gestational diabetes. Now there are some other types that aren't as common that I'm not going to touch on in this segment. Um, but these are the three main ones uh, that, that we usually we hear about. So type 1 diabetes, uh, we tend to see this more often in youth. And there's a genetic predisposition to that. So the person, in, in a sense, has the genes there uh, to develop diabetes. And what happens is there's something in the environment that triggers that gene. And when that gene is triggered, uh, something causes those uh, cells in the pancreas to be destroyed. So if those cells are destroyed, uh, they can't make insulin anymore. And so that person, it, their body is not making any insulin. And they, they have to have insulin from an outside source uh, or they will die. So they cannot live without insulin. This affects about 5 to 10% of the population. Now, type 2 diabetes, this tends to affect older adults. Uh, however, we are seeing this more in youth, and a lot of it is from the lifestyle choices we make. Uh, people today, they aren't as active as they used to be. They're more sedentary. Uh, their eating choices, um, everything is bigger, the super size, our portions aren't like they used to be, and this is contributing to the type 2 diabetes. Uh, what happens in the type 2 diabetes, just like I showed you in that previous slide, um, that pancreas, it gets tired. It wears out, it gets kind of lazy. So sometimes it makes insulin, sometimes it doesn't. Or there is insulin present, but your body just can't utilize it properly. And I call that insulin resistance. Now this affects about 90 to 95% of our population. And the majority of time when you hear them talk about diabetes on TV, the diabetes epidemic, this is what they're referring to, the, is type 2 diabetes. The last type I wanted to touch on is called gestational diabetes. And this is diabetes that happens uh, during pregnancy. And what's going on is that your hormones, um, the hormone levels of the mother 
and having too little insulin are causing the blood sugar levels to be higher. So if the mother's blood sugar levels are higher, um, that can cause the blood sugar levels in the baby to be higher as well. And if that's the case, uh, women can have a large baby. And having a large baby uh, can make the pregnancy more complicated, uh, can put them more at risk for a cesarean section. And for the baby, uh, that puts them at greater risk to develop diabetes down the road also. Now we see gestational diabetes um, in about 9.2% of all pregnancies in the United States. Okay, my focus today was on protecting the family and I wanted to share just a few more statistics that show uh, risk uh, to people with diabetes and chances of family members uh, getting it. And these are from the American Diabetes Association website. So this first slide, it talks about type 1 diabetes. So if, if you are a male and you have type 1 diabetes, your child has a 1 in 7 chance of developing it. Now, if you're a female and if you had a child before you were age 25, you have a 1 in 25 risk of your child developing diabetes. Now, if you were a female and you had a child after the age of 25, your child has a 1 in 100 risk of developing diabetes. Now, there's always a little exception uh, to every rule. Uh, so if you have type 1 diabetes and if you also have another autoimmune disorder, such as thyroid disease, um, adrenal disorder, lupus, Cushing syndrome, something like that, uh, your child has a one in two risk of developing diabetes. So there is, like I said, some genetic tendency there with the type one diabetes. Now type two diabetes, uh, the biggest risk factors there are family history and your lifestyle. So if you have type two diabetes and if you were diagnosed before age 50, your child has a one in seven risk of developing it. Now, if you were diagnosed after the age of 50, your child has a one in 13 risk of developing diabetes. So if both you and your spouse have diabetes, then your child has a one in two risk of developing diabetes. Now, I also put on here, um, there's a form of diabetes that isn't as common it's called maturity onset diabetes of young or of youth. And if, if you have this type of diabetes, um, your child has a one in two risk of developing it. And just like I said at the beginning, um, you know, the family history, the genetics, you know, uh, that plays a part in it. And also our, our lifestyle. Um, so if you have type two diabetes and maybe your eating behaviors you know, you're not making some healthy choices, your portions are larger than usual, uh, you're not as active, uh, those are gonna influence your children's behaviors because children learn from parents and if the choices you make of what you're doing aren't as healthy, your child is gonna continue those as well, which can set your, your children up to developing diabetes. And again, this was from the American Diabetes Association website. Okay, so I, I kind of talked about the genetic part. 
what, so what else increases my risk for diabetes? Well, age, uh, age is something we can't change. We're not getting any younger. Can't find that fountain of youth yet. Um, age um, puts us at an increased risk. They recommend that at age 40, uh, you, you look at screening for diabetes. Uh, your sex, um, if you're a male, you have a higher risk of developing diabetes than a female. So males, we're not discriminating against you, but um, that's what the statistics show. Uh, the family history, talked about that. Um, ethnic background. If you are a Hispanic, uh, Native American, African American, those ethnic backgrounds put you at greater risk for diabetes than, than if you were white, Caucasian. Um, now those, those first four, those are risk factors, you know, we can't change. We can't do anything about it. This is what we, the cards we were dealt. But looking at the next one, um, you know, these are things we can look at try, trying to change. Um, gestational diabetes, um, if, if you've had gestational diabetes, uh, I, I talked about that on my previous slide, um, you can, you know, make some lifestyle changes to hopefully prevent or delay the actual onset of diabetes. Or if, you know, if you've delivered a big baby, if you had a baby weighing more than nine pounds, again, making some lifestyle changes, healthier choices, watching your portions, being active, those are things you can do to decrease your risk. Uh, sedentary lifestyle, you know, that, that increases your risk. Uh, if you have high blood pressure, um, that can put you at increased risk. If your cholesterol's high, that, that's another risk factor for diabetes. Um, having high cholesterol puts you at greater risk for heart disease. And just by having diabetes, that uh, increases your risk for heart disease um, twice as much. Uh, Pre-diabetes, I talked about that before, you know, your blood sugar's being higher. If you don't make any changes with your lifestyle, you can go on to develop diabetes. And your weight, being overweight, uh, that can put you at greater risk also. So if, if you have diabetes, um, what can you do for your family? Um, well, first and foremost, be, be proactive. You know, don't be reactive. Don't wait for your family member, your child to develop diabetes. Um, be proactive with them. Um, educate them. Tell them the things that they can do to try to prevent or delay the onset of diabetes. Uh, one of the first things you can do is tell family members that you have diabetes. Um, and then encourage them to have regular checkups with their health care provider. And, you know, be sure and tell their health care provider that there is a family history of diabetes. Uh, the other thing they can do, um, you know, if they visit with their health care provider, um, if, if they have some other risk factors, some of the risk factors I talked about um, in my previous slide. And, you know, if you're a woman and if you're looking at becoming pregnant, uh, be sure and let your health care provider know that uh, you, there's a history of diabetes. Uh, women who are pregnant, they do a screening test for diabetes, but if you have a family history or some other risk factors, they may look at screening earlier. Again, trying to catch it in the earlier stage so that you don't have the large baby or the, the complicated pregnancy. So what else can you do for your family? 
Well, I kind of talked about it a little bit. You know, make healthy eating choices as a family. Um, drinking water. Water is one of the best, th best things we can drink. Uh, you know, avoid serving the, the sugary foods, the regular pop, uh, the Kool-Aids, the sugary types of drinks. Offer something lower in carbohydrate. Um, water's your best choice. Uh, watching your portions. Um, holidays are coming up, and I know it's, it's tempting to heap your plate with big portions, but if you can, you know, eat small amounts of each one, or, or sample, you know, watch the amount of carbohydrates that you have, the, the size of them, that, that'll make a, make a difference. And if you're setting that example, you know, your family may follow as well. Or, you know, don't have so many choices during the holidays. Maybe try to limit it to so many instead of the whole plate full of sweets that a lot of times you see during holiday gatherings. Uh, activity, staying active as a family. Um, you know, families get together for holidays, birthdays, um, family reunions, whatever the case might be. Um, you know, plan a little activity into that. Um, you know, maybe it's even eating, going for a walk around the block. Uh, younger kids, maybe some games in the backyard where they're out running around. Instead of just sitting down after the meal and relaxing, maybe try to get up and move a little bit more. You know, you're getting a little more activity as a family. Uh, they recommend 30 minutes a day, five days a week as your goal for activity. It, it all doesn't have to be at one time. You can space it out, but being active, that's something you can do. Uh, maintaining a healthy body weight, uh, that, that's important. Um, keeping your blood pressure at goal, uh, your blood sugar, you know, in, at the goals where, where your doctor wants your levels to be. Uh, your cholesterol, um, the doctor usually checks that once a year. And if you smoke, stop smoking. Okay, I have a handout um, it, at the site here. It's on white paper. I'm not sure at the other sites. And on your slide, it shows it's, it, what it is. It's a diabetes risk test. It says, are you at risk for type 2 diabetes? And I got this, uh, it's sponsored by the American Diabetes Association. And, you know, this is something for you to take. You know, if you have diabetes, uh, share this, you know, with your children, with your family member. It, it really can be shared with anyone. And the questions on there, uh, the person who completes the form, they fill it out and then they score it. And basically it's not saying they have diabetes, but it's showing uh, what their risk factors are for diabetes. And if their risk factors are higher, you know, it's designed to make them aware, you know, maybe I should try to make some changes now to try to prevent or delay the onset of diabetes. Um, so like I said, you can take that with you and um, share that with, with your family member or even a friend. So my focus was on, I talked about be, you being the person with diabetes and making your family more aware of what you can do uh, to prevent your risk factors, um, to excuse me, decrease your risk factors for diabetes. And I kind of wanted to shift it to the other end. Um, so we're going to switch roles just a little bit. Um, I want you, you to think of that um, if, if you have a, an aging parent, 
Um, so maybe you're the person who has diabetes, or maybe you're the person who doesn't have diabetes, but yet your aging parent has diabetes. So, um, and so I wanted to talk about what you can do to help them. Because we are seeing, like I said, more and more adults being diagnosed with diabetes. And um, it's sometimes you're in the middle. You're, like I said, the person without diabetes, what can you do to help your aging adult, but yet your, your children are still at risk for it. So one of the things you can do um, if you have an aging parent with diabetes are to get educated about it and check the resources that are available in your community. Uh, you know, check with your local hospital. Do they have a diabetes education program there? Uh, the health department, the extension office. Uh, there's a lot of different resources in the area. Um, also, if, if your, your parent is on Medicare, Medicare covers education uh, for diabetes. If, you, um, if your parent still has private insurance, uh, most plans will cover it. You just need to check with the plan to see what the coverage is for it. But getting educated about it is, you know, really the key to managing diabetes. And if, you know, if your parent goes to the session, um, you know, think about accompanying them to the session. Especially if you haven't had education before about diabetes, you know, this is a time to really learn about what your parent has, um, how you can help them, and also, also yourself as well, because you would be at risk for diabetes. Um, the next one I put, assess their food needs. And I, I probably, sh you know, I could have been eating habits. I could have worded it a little bit differently. But um, sometimes finances play a part in that. Uh, lots of times um, our, our parents who are aging, they are on limited budgets. And they may not be able to buy the healthier choices that are available. And so you need to take a look at their finances and see what are they able to afford that is going to give them a balanced meal. And also their likes and dislikes. If they have things in their house that they don't like, they're probably not going to eat them. So visit with them about what they do like. Another thing to think about, you know, do they have chewing or swallowing issues? Do they, do they have dentures? Do they fit okay? Uh, maybe they don't have dentures. Maybe they're missing some teeth. Are, are those issues that they have? Uh, you can also assist them with getting a balanced meal plan. Uh, you can take them grocery shopping, um, you know, taking them once a week to the local grocery store. Uh, Wednesdays typically tends to be Senior Citizens Day, so they can get, you know, a discount as well on top of their groceries, uh, which may help them to stretch their bu budget a little farther financially. Uh, many places, or, or some of your larger change stores are they have a dietitian there who can assist you with a grocery store tour, tour and even, even some of the small, small towns as well. If you have a dietitian at your local hospital, they would be able to assist you as well with making some healthier choices, finding out where things are at in the store. Um, activity. Encourage activity. Uh, if, if your parent maybe is a little bit more limited with, with moving around, uh, some things to think about might be some chair exercises. Uh, these are just different exercises they can do sitting in their chair with, with their legs, with their arms, uh, moving them around when um, maybe if, there's, if the news is on, if there's a certain show on. 
Uh, weights, uh, you don't have to go out and buy weights. You can use soup cans, and, and you'll have them use soup cans for weights. Some people will use like little baggies and put unpopped popcorn in them, um, different things like that. And, and they can just do that while they're, maybe they're only able to do it for five minutes. That's still five more minutes of activity that they had. Or look at some used equipment. Um, you know, you'll, you'll see it in the paper if you have access to the internet. Lots of times people are selling equipment. Or if, if they are able to get out, uh, many places there are different uh, healthcare facilities or gyms where they could get a membership also. A few other ways you can help um, if you have an aging parent with diabetes. Uh, you can assist them with their medications. Uh, many times people are on more than one medicine and it can get very confusing. Um, you know, did they take that medicine today? What medicine should I take? Um, so what you can do, you know, if, if they have 